What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Starting Blank Podcast. This is your host, Sam Lister. And on this episode, we have a very, very special guest uh, named Alvy Thompson. Alvy and I have known each other for a few months now, and he lives in Miami, Florida, and he is an all-around amazing human being, health coach, nutritionist, um, super healthy dude. And on this episode, we really discuss uh, what it means to live a healthy lifestyle, um, what ways and habits to uh, create and adopt every day to make your life as successful as possible, and just all around self-development and how to become the best human being you can be. So without further ado, Hope you guys enjoy this amazing podcast. If you like anything, if anything stands out, make sure to screenshot this and share it on your Instagram story and tag myself and Alvi. So again, without further ado, here's the episode. Hope you guys enjoy. So what is up, guys? My name is Sam Lister and you are... Alvy Thompson, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. Mr. You Can Too. And this is going to be a unique podcast episode. Alvy, you host your own podcast. Why don't you give a little bit of information about what it's called and kind of what you talk about. Then I'll do the same for mine. Yeah, so my podcast is called How You Can Too. And what it's about, it's everything growth, transformation, health, and wellness. And what I'm looking to do is really change the landscape of how we look at health. Not only is it a physical thing, but it's the mental aspect, the emotional, and the spiritual, and how we work on that synergistically, it actually allows us to live our best life. I love that. I love that. And I, I host a, a podcast called Starting Blank, and I take a very similar similar uh, I guess approach, and we see so many quote-unquote like influencers or entrepreneurs or business owners or trainers and we see kind of this perfect image on the outside but really my main goal is to dig into vulnerability dig into the growth and uh, kind of uncover their journey and steps and what they've done in their past to get to where they are in the present so this is gonna be a super fun podcast kind of digging deep into um, growth and vulnerability and just becoming the best version of yourself absolutely so i'm glad you're on my podcast and thanks for having me on yours it's my pleasure it's so my it's, pleasure it's gonna be a cool cool duo duo action here let's get it okay so to start things off who are you and what do you do so before i go into <laughs> just who i am and what i do i actually love to give a little bit of context love before. it so my name's alvy thompson and i got into this journey based off a very influential moment in my life. It was in 2015, I was sitting next to my mom on her deathbed. And my mother for me was my rock growing up. She did everything for my brother and I. And at this moment, the last four or five years up to that point, we had a really rocky relationship. More so based on my own limiting beliefs and what I thought she should be doing. So my mom was a beacon of Western lifestyle disease. She had heart disease, she had diabetes, she was obese, she was addicted to painkillers, and worst of all, she had a fixed mindset where she didn't believe she could change. And as a result, she didn't take any action. And a couple years beforehand, she had gastric bypass surgery, lost a bunch of weight, and at that moment, she was very insecure about her excess skin. So she wanted to get it removed, which is a common surgery for a lot of people who have gastric bypass surgery. But my mom wasn't a healthy enough candidate for that. Long story short, she found a doctor who said that he had to repair a hernia that she had. 
and the only way he can do it was by removing her skin that was around her stomach. And unfortunately, she went, had the surgery. Her and I actually got into an argument the day before because she was having second thoughts. So my last conversation I ever had with my mom before she died was an argument. And after she actually passed away, I looked at, I had to look in the mirror and see, okay, why was it that I couldn't get through to my mom? At that point in my life, I was a successful nutrition coach, I was a successful personal trainer, sports performance trainer, yet I could never meet my mom where she was at. It was always my way or the highway. My messages never landed. And when she passed away, I had a lot of guilt around, wow, could she have still been alive if I was able to meet her where she was at? And that's what jump-started my personal development journey. I uh, got a life coaching certification through the Human Potential Institute, and that's what started to give me the skills to really meet people where they are, access a level of compassion and empathy that allows me to really be with them through their process of growth and transformation, as opposed to me trying to force feed them or tell them exactly what it is that they have to do to improve. And I, I think that's a, such a beautiful thing. So you are, you are in the training sphere before that, correct? Correct. Um, and I think it's, so I have, I have another life coach and um, she always preaches to me how coaches' jobs or trainers' jobs are to guide people and to not force their opinions and essentially way of being on what is their clients and because they're, they're other people. So I think um, it's a super interesting sphere and we, we've talked quite a bit about this, obviously not on the podcast, so I'm, I'd love to dig into how can you be that guide and really meet people where they are. Because I think that's such a huge and crucial point that some coaches miss. And I think that's why some people have like the negative stereotypes of coaches because um, a lot of people see them as kind of like salesy and like, right. hey, hey it, it is my way or the highway. And they don't go into it with empathy and compassion. So I think it's a super interesting topic and um, I'm excited to, to really dive into it. Oh, me too. Me too. And then Sam, I would love to know, how did you get into this space? And you're so young, you're 20 years old, mm -hmm. and you're already all about your growth and your transformation and helping other people. How did you get into this at such a young age? Yeah, so I, I've grown up in a pretty entrepreneurial family. My uh, dad runs his own financial practice right now. My mom and dad started their own businesses back in the day. Grand, grandpa are pretty entrepreneurial. And I've, I've really always loved bashing into the walls a little bit and not following um, the exact path that people people create for yourself and it was really in high school when I uh, started like consuming content of Gary Vee and Tom Billy and all of these kind of like inspirational figures so at that time I really went into test mode I wanted to be just like them so so that's what I did and I failed and I tried it again and I failed and like throughout that process I was really learning a lot about myself and like what I was passionate about how to find a passion and it just really sparked of like oh even though none of these like different like ventures and stuff are working for me I found I fell in love with the self-development journey mm -hmm. and just the process of trying those different things and failing but learning from those failures because I, I never viewed any of those failures as um, as a failure because it was a lesson learned we can we can dive into that a little bit more later but I just really found that 
humans are malleable and like brain plasticity is, is a thing. You can change your habits, you can change the way of thinking, and you can change the people that you're surrounded by. And once that clicked and once I realized the potential, I went I went all in. So that's what that's why I chose not to go to a traditional university, because I knew if I could surround myself with like hearted people, people that would give me empathy and compassion and support me and lift me up instead of bring me down, then like that's really how you grow. So it, it was just a, like a something clicked, like probably end of high school, like there's so many so many opportunities out there and it only really takes a few different things. You, you need to find your passion, build your network and invest in yourself. Yeah. So once I figured those three things out, it was, uh, I was off to the races essentially. Man, you've been on fire ever since. Yeah, yeah. Really since, since I was like 17 or so, so like junior year of, of high school, that's when I kind of tapped into this space. Wow. I find it so fascinating because if I look at my own experience when I was 16, 17, 18 mm -hmm. years old, the last thing I was thinking about was my purpose yeah. and my passion. And it seems like by listening to a Gary Vee and Tom, what was his last name? Tom Billiam. Billiam. He's the one from Quest Nutrition? Yep. You want to start he a Quest? Quest. Quest. Yep. Okay, no, I yep. definitely know him. Just by listening to the right people mm -hmm. and going into that space, how was it being that young, listening to those types of people, while all your other peers were doing other things, whether it's partying, chasing girls, all of that? So I was, I was fortunate enough. So in in high school, I was I was the popular kid and yada yada yada. But it's because I was nice to everyone. I just loved talking to people, so that's why that's why I was kind of just friends with everyone. But I always made friends with upperclassmen. So like my my like sophomore year, I partied a bunch. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. <laughs> partied a bunch with like the the seniors at the time, and I've always had older friends. So when it came to actually like my junior and senior year, a lot of those friends left, and I was pretty pretty lonely. Like I again, I had a bunch of like secondary friends. We wouldn't hang out every day, but like we were we were friends. We would talk in the hallways and stuff. But I was I was at a super lonely point in my life. Um, but that's when I made the decision to hey, I can either go out and party with those friends and like make new friends, or I can find myself. I can, I can invest in myself, and that's the, that's the route I chose. Um, so I was just like, since junior year, again, like senior year, I was super lonely. I had, a, I had my girlfriend at the time, but outside of that, I wasn't hanging out with too many people, but I was investing all of that time into myself, learning, reading books, uh, taking courses, listening to Gary Vee and Tom Billy, and like, I really found that's what lit a soul, lit my fire on soul. I like that. Lit, lit my fire on soul. <laughs> we ain't let our soul be on fire anymore. Lit a fire in my soul, um, just because of, like the process of learning and like developing myself. Like that's what I was really passionate about. So that's kind of how I got into that space. And like I realized no one around me was really doing that. So that's when I knew I needed to find the the people like me, the people that that pushed me and like lift me up instead of like pulled me back essentially and that was a big turning point in my life wow. so it was through like being being super alone that I that I found myself wow I resonate with that so much because I find it fascinating how you are a younger person you're a sophomore hanging out more with upperclassmen the seniors the juniors kind of emulating what they were doing being in their space yep. and then you had this time once they left where you felt by yourself and now it was time to find out who is Sam? What is Sam about? And it was through your loneliness where you actually dug deep into yourself and started to ask and answer your own questions. And that's what's led you on this path of personal development. What would be some 
advice you would give to somebody young around your age that might find it difficult to search within themselves and are constantly seeking external validation? Fail more. Mm. Like, we, we get so caught up in being the perfect human being. Like, especially in, like, I'll speak to, like, high school and college age students. Um, so that's, like, that 14 to even, like, 24 um, age group. And it's so easy to look externally for, um, for validation in other people. We see the, the perfect Instagram accounts, the Instagram models, and, like, the people around, uh, around us. And it's so easy to compare yourself. But my suggestion is like fail more, test more things. And like when you're comfortable failing and when you're comfortable taking risks um, and them not paying off, but having like a learning, like learning a lesson from it, that's a super important mindset shift of saying, hey, I tried this thing, I went for it, I took that risk, it didn't work out, but here are the lessons I've learned. Wow. And that's, that stems from like being secure in your own self and like the lack of judgment. And once you let that judgment of yourself go, like you you would know it best. Like you are your biggest critic, but you also can be you get to be your biggest supporter as well. Absolutely. So shifting that mindset of instead of being my my biggest critic, I'm going to be my biggest supporter and loving yourself. I think that's where it comes from. Mm. It's accessing that self love. It's having that security of knowing who you are as a person. And something I teach my clients and just having conversations with friends, it's in order to know who you truly are and what you're about, you get to get very clear on what your values are and let your values be your true north and how you step and walk through life. Because for me personally, because I know my biggest values are health, creativity, belief, community, love, I can look at everything that I'm doing or any situation that can come up and if it's not a fuck yes, it's an easy no mm. and I can step away from it. Whereas in my experience, people who haven't gotten to that level or even myself before I got to that level, something can come up and I wouldn't know how to feel about it because now I'm thinking about, okay, how am I gonna look to this person? Is this person going to accept me and still love me if I say no? And any answer I was coming up with was based off of other people and not what it is that I truly want. Mm -hmm. And I think growing up, a story I tell myself is that if I'm doing anything for me first, it's selfish. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be looking out for my friend and my neighbor and this person next to me before I put on my own mask, right? To use the airplane analogy. And it wasn't until I truly started filling my own cup that I was really able to serve others. And that's a lesson that I learned from my mom by seeing her. She would always want to give and give and give and give to other people. And that's how she found her validation, by giving gifts to other people and them saying thank you, for doing acts of service and somebody saying thank you. Yet there was nothing that she ever did for herself that brought her her own validation. She was always giving up from this place of emptiness that the minute someone else did say no to her or didn't acknowledge her, she felt crushed. Mm -hmm. And I was so selfish coming back from college because I had been independent, been a man for four years on my own, doing my own thing, and because I had so much shame graduating from Georgetown and then moving back in with my mom, 
talking about external validation and the stories of, you know, how does this look to everybody else, I ended up being really shitty to her. And because I was being so mean to her, she had no way of garnering her own self-love, her own self-respect. And basically me treating her badly or just downright shitty, to be honest, led her to just always be in this moment of just not feeling worthy or not feeling enough. And honestly, like, it's taken so much work in self-improvement and personal development and taking courses like the one we took together that's allowed me to access forgiveness for myself and realize that, okay, I can take all of that, just like you said, I can take that failure and I can learn from it. And that's what's helped me really grow in my business and in my personal life and in my relationships with friends and family. So I think one thing that really stood out is the like the putting on your own mask. And I, I love that analogy and I, I use it quite a bit. And a lot of people think just because you're investing in yourself and like um, like doing selfish things that you are selfish. But I think it's super interesting where the intentions come from. Are, are your intentions to be selfish or your intentions to improve yourself? So I want you to talk about that a little bit. And when you were in that mindset before you realized, like when you were still um, like treating your mom shitty and you were at that, you kind of moved back in after, after school, were your intentions there? And like walk me through that transformation between like just being selfish and like that's where you were coming from versus, oh, now, now I can be selfish, but so I can help other people. And the intention is to make yourself better and then you can impact more people. So talk to me about that transformation a little bit. Yeah, when I was, I'll start from like my college years, like say 18 up until the transformation really took place at 23, 24. I was very selfish in terms of looking at, okay, how does this impact me? How does doing this specific thing, like living at home again, make me look to other people? Yeah. And everything that I did in terms of working out, trying to lose weight, look good, was all so that I could selfishly gain, so I could get more girls, so that I could look cool to other people. And it wasn't until I eventually got older and I was about 24 and I changed my diet for at first selfish reasons to get more women. And that was one of the positive side effects was losing the weight. But what was even bigger than that was how much of a shift I had in my personality. There was like a veil was lifted over my head. And before I knew it, I had more energy. I had a completely different outlook on life. I was much more positive, less irritable. And that showed me like, wow, what else is out there? And then from that space, because I had a better just way of being, because I was more positive, more energetic, I started being able to serve others. And just being able to sit and listen and be compassionate with people because I felt good. Mm -hmm. Because I was no longer having this feelings or experience of emptiness and I felt full, I could literally be there for my friends and listen to them and just be that sounding board for them. And then I could have somebody like my brother or my mom and just be like, oh, hey, here's a way to better yourself through nutrition or exercise. Not because you have to do it, but because, hey, here's a choice. And it was no longer this selfish thing anymore. And now the way I look at it, whether I'm investing in my personal development and if I'm 
um, investing in my business development, it's all for my ultimate purpose of creating a world that's more healthy, connected, creative, purposeful, and loving. And I understand that the more I pick myself up and I better myself, well then I get to better the world. And it didn't happen until I actually started subconsciously filling up my own cup. Mm -hmm. And now that I realize it, it's just this whole thing of, okay, the more I can do for myself, the more I'm gonna be able to do for others. I love that. I'm gonna check time. I'm gonna rip off that real quick. Feeling good so far? Feeling great. Good. So I think that's a super, super interesting point because I, it does, it really comes down to intentions again. And uh, when you were explaining that and like the, where you're, where you're coming from, the impact you want to make with others, if your cup is full, then you have more to pour from. I think people's relationship with attention and money is super fascinating to me because it all comes down to, to the relationship and your intentions with it. We grow up hearing like, if you want attention, you're a bad person. If you want money, you're a bad person. And they're, they're both negative things, when in reality, both are neutrally charged subjects. It's people's relationships with it that is, that's skewed. Right. Same, with, same with bettering themselves. Like, it, it comes down to the relationship you have with it. Like, the more money you have, the more impact you can make. The more attention you have, the more impact you can make. But also, it, it, it exposes people, essentially. Like, if you're a shitty person, more money <laughs> is just going to make you more shitty. But right. if you're a really good human being, then more money is just going to amplify that, that goodness, in, in a sense. I think, I think that's, a, that's an interesting relationship shift that I think we're seeing as a collective society. Um, because our, even like our, our parents' age and grandparents' age, their, their mindset and like the way of, way of being um, a, a few decades ago, essentially, that's what people were taught. People were taught, hey, don't don't go out and chase money. Don't go out and chase attention. Both are super bad things. You're a bad human being <laughs> if you want both of those. Right. But we see nowadays we have so many resources and tools and opportunities that chasing those things for the right reasons, that's how we make real impact. 100%. So. Yeah, I love that. And it makes so much sense, especially the part of it being neutrally charged. Mm. Money is neutral. Attention is neutral. And this is something in my development that I'm just getting to now, where I've raised my prices about 30% in the last six months. Mm -hmm. And I used to have so much guilt around that because I would put my own scarcity conversation mm -hmm. and project it onto a potential client or an existing client. Whereas now I'm realizing, just like you said, the more money that I have, the more impact I can make in the world. Mm -hmm. So every Wednesday now, I volunteer with a middle school, and a buddy of mine, we started a group called Boys Club, mm -hmm. where we give back to middle school age kids, 12 to 14, and we're just teaching them about real life, and we're showing them that we care about them. Mm -hmm. And I don't charge any money for that, I don't get paid for that, and I'm able to do it because I'm making enough money outside of that mm -hmm. to be able to take my time and put my attention on these kids. And I think what happens with a lot of people is that they're so caught up in this scarcity conversation of I need to have this much money and if I don't have the money then I'm gonna die like it's literally that much of an extreme that people go to yeah and I get it it's a like money is a necessity to 
be able to eat, to be able to clothe ourselves, to be able to have shelter. Like that's a very real thing. And people don't realize they're spending a lot of their money on bullshit. That doesn't really matter, right? It's yeah. like, okay, I don't want to spend an extra $50 a week on my groceries to get organic uh, fruits and vegetables or to get grass-fed meats. It's like, I'm not going to do that, but I'll pay $1,200 for an iPhone. Yeah. And I'm not here to say either one is good or bad, right or wrong, but for me it's all about clarity, just understanding like, okay, what is your relationship with money and how are you spending it? Mm. Is it to actually better yourself or is it to distract yourself? Mm. So I think it's an interesting concept that a lot of people don't really look at. Go into that a little bit more. Go into the, I love, love the point of like the relationship. Are you, are you buying things to better yourself or to distract yourself? And distracting yourself is so huge because it's hard to face the truth and it's hard to face insecurities. And people, again, going back to our conversation about like looking for external factors to validate themselves, yeah. that's exactly what people are doing, buying buying fancy, fancy cars and watches and clothes and Gucci and Supreme and like, do that. Do that if you want. Do it for the right reasons though. If you're, if you're a sneaker collector, like I am, not shaming you for buying new sneakers. Like, do what you love to do, but what are the intentions behind it? Right. Are you just covering it up, covering your own insecurities up with those new kicks, with that new belt, um, with that new car? So go into that a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. To me, a lot of it is the issue of self-worth. Mm -hmm. So a person can't look at themselves and think they're worthy unless someone else is telling them through a like or a comment or just a compliment that what they're doing is quote-unquote cool yeah. or it's good and in terms of distractions like you said it's it can be very difficult to sit down and look in the mirror and take ownership and have accountability for how your life is or what's going on currently in your life there's so many people in my experience that don't want to have those conversations with themselves because they're afraid of what might come up for them and it's interesting because I don't want to go on a tangent in terms of like thoughts and perspectives and all of that. But like I said, once a person knows their values and what they're really about, they can look at everything they're doing in life and then decide, okay, am I in alignment or am I not? And most people just don't know what they're about. They don't know what their purpose is. They don't know what their why is. They don't know what their values are. And because of that, it's easy to just be distracted and just be doing something like scrolling through Instagram which I think is fine and dandy, I do it all the time too, but it's just like you said, it's what's the intention? Are you going on Instagram to check up on your friends, see how they're doing, connect with them? Or are you doing it as a means of just passing time mm -hmm. to say that, oh, well look at that person, it looked like, you know, that car's not that cool, my car's way better than theirs. Mm -hmm. Boom, I got self-validation now for myself. Or is it something where it's just like subconsciously, unconsciously, just wasting time, wasting time, wasting yep. time until the next thing comes up. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's all about a person truly knowing their purpose, their why, and their values, and then looking at the actionables, the tangibles, the things that they've been doing, and then seeing like, okay, wow, yes, that's an alignment, amazing, I'm gonna keep doing this, or wow, I keep doing these other things that aren't in alignment with my values, one, what's up with that, or two, are my values changing? Is there a shift that's going on in the things that I used to really care about, I don't care about as much anymore. And now that's an opportunity to shift gears and to go into the next thing and see that, oh wow, I'm growing, things are changing, 
I get to adapt now, as opposed to just meandering through life and not knowing what's going on and just being in this constant gray space of uncertainty and disbelief. Just in perspective. So my, my first question is, how do you, no, I'm, I'm gonna blend the two. How does your perspective, I, I, I'll go perspective on life. How does your perspective change your purpose or influence your purpose or help you figure out what your, what your purpose is? Right, for me, perspective is my lens of how I see the world. And as I grow, as I learn new distinctions, different concepts, well now my lens changes and my perspective also evolves. So case in point, I think it's so important for me and for people in general to understand that things are going to change. As you learn more, as you grow, as you transform, the way you see the world is gonna change and out of that, purpose is gonna change. So for me directly, the way that looked is that I used to be all about health coming in the physical form. Mm. So I was all about working out. I was all about sets, reps, periodization, how are my muscles growing, how's the fat going away, and that's all I knew and that was my perspective because that's where I was at mm. at the time. And then transition, I started getting to this point where I was getting into nutrition. I lost all this weight and I started getting the outcome I was looking for and I started to feel a whole different way. And then I was like, oh wait, nutrition plays such a big role. Now my paradigm shifting, now my perspective is shifting because now it's, okay, it's not just what I'm doing in the gym, but now what am I doing in the grocery store? What am I doing in the kitchen? What type of decisions am I making at restaurants that are gonna dictate now how I feel mm -hmm. and not just how I look. Mm -hmm. So then that was a perspective shift. And then my purpose changed because now I'm taking my clients and we're doing the reps, we're doing the sets, like we're getting their body sexy and feeling good. And now we're focusing on nutrition and understanding how nutrition is a catalyst for how your body feels and how your body looks. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward a couple years later, my mom passes away and I was at a point where I was really feeling myself in terms of, oh, I know everything about nutrition. Mm -hmm. I know everything about fitness. Listen to what I'm doing. Look what's working for me. Look what's worked for my clients. Do this thing. It's gonna work for you. And that didn't work for my mom. It didn't work for some of my friends. It didn't work for my brother. And then I had to take a step back and I said, oh wait, how is it that I actually meet a person where they're at? So now I had to start looking at, well, what are their beliefs? What's their perspective? What's their mindset? Do they believe that they have what it takes to change? What's their stress levels like? What are their relationships at home, in the workplace? And now I had to look at the total person and not just what they look like on the outside and see, okay, how do we take all those other variables in order for them to feel good, look good, walk proudly through life. And that was another huge perspective change. And I just think that as I get older and older, right now I'm 31, I started this journey at 25, I already see how much my perspective has shifted in six years. I can only imagine what my perspective is gonna be in 40 when I do more studying, 
I invest in my education more. I do different training programs. I help different people in different ways. I learn of more problems that are at an individual level and at a macro level. And then I'm gonna see like, okay, there's more change that can be made. Mm -hmm. My perspective is gonna shift. However, my overall purpose right now is all about growth, transformation, and love. And putting all those together and I understand that as I learn more about all those concepts, the perspective is gonna change in terms of how I get there, but that North Star is still right there. And it could change, and I'm open to it, and I'm not tied to it being the same way. I, th I think like that last sentence, like you are not tied to that, even, even, you're not even tied to that North Star. Like that's your current North Star, and I think a lot of people get so wrapped up in, oh, I need to find my passion, I need to find my purpose, I need to find my why when they're 16, 17, 20, <laughs> 25, 31 years old. Right. Like, we have a whole life to find that out and it's ever changing. If you have one single mission, one single North Star for the rest, for the rest, your whole entire life, that's, that's crazy to me because people are evolving, people change and people grow. And that North Star, granted it shouldn't like be all over the place, but like it should be around the same realm, but like, I have no idea how people's mindset is just so fixed say I want this and only this in life and they're not even willing to look at how that can change how that can evolve and how they might be holding themselves back right. um, even holding that North Star back because of their own mindset mm. I love what you said there and I want to ask you a question in terms of you bring up a lot about intention yeah what's someone's intentionality why is it they're doing what they're doing how would you describe the distinction between purpose and intentionality? Mm, that's a that's one of the best questions I've been asked in a while, and like I think it's they definitely feed each other. So you have you have your purpose and you have you have your intention, and I think the intention is almost like the back end of your purpose. So say you have a say you have a website almost. So the the storefront, the the landing page, you see all the cool graphics, the pictures, the videos, the information. Um, I view that as the, as your purpose, like, but that's just a skeleton. So what's behind that website? What's the data behind that website? Are you tracking conversions? Are you tracking website visitors? Where are they coming from? And all of the super important meat of it, essentially. And I view that as the intentions. Mm -hmm. So the, like, that website is built on intention. That purpose is built on intention. And I think that's how I that's how I view it, and I actually have never articulated it that way because I've never been asked that question. Mm. So I, I want to thank you for that question because it's it's really getting me getting me thinking of like what is the difference between purpose and intention. And I, I do think like intention is, is almost the back end of your mm. purpose. I love that. Like if if my purpose is to inspire inspire people to take action, for me that is that is my current purpose in life oh, to yeah. inspire people to take action. Why? What are my intentions beyond, behind that? Right. Are my intentions, oh, because I want to be the Gary V of the world? Do I want to be that figure? No. My intention is to raise the collective consciousness and like build that community and like help other people find what they're truly passionate about. And that's my intention of inspiring people to take action. Mm, I love that. I love that distinction that you have between the way I hear it, it's that the purpose is almost not surface level, but it's the mm -hmm. first thing that you might see. Mm -hmm. But it's actually what's deeper than that, the intentionality that's going to drive that. Yeah. And because it is that skeleton copy, 
the purpose can change. Yeah. It can become something different as you start to fulfill your purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a great distinction that you use because, like you said, people are so fixed on achieving the result. Mm. It's okay, this is my purpose, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there, even if on the journey I decide, well, wait, this isn't that important to me anymore. But I said I was going to do it, so I have to finish. What advice would you give to people that have a purpose and they're moving towards it, but now on their way there they realize, wait, maybe this isn't actually what I want? Stop judging yourself. That's, that's huge because as I, as I kind of explain like the, the story of how I got into um, like video creation and like running a video content agency, um, I test a lot of different things. And I was, at, at the start, I really wanted the first thing to work. So the first thing I ever tried was real estate. I wanted to get into real estate. And if I was fixed on real estate, I would hate my life right now because I realized at a point of, oh, this isn't what I want to do. And I'm not talking like this is my crazy overall passion, but it was just one specific example of where I let my judgment of myself go. And I was, I accepted, hey, I don't want to do this. I'm simply going to pivot. I'm simply going to have a turn in the road and put my left blinker on instead of going straight. And that simple act of turning my blinker on, pivoting a little bit, that structured a whole next few years for me to be okay pivoting. And we go through life and a lot of people are stuck on one single path. And they're scared to go off that path because they told people, I'm on this path, I'm on this road, and I'm not gonna pivot at all. For me, I love pivoting. I, I almost pivot too much because I'm very intuitive. And if things don't feel right, I pivot wow. immediately. Like if, even with like my video agency, um, like I started that in October of 2018 and 2019 I went hard with it but now I'm kind of at a stage of like okay I'm kind of scaling back the video agency and building up other platforms I want to tap into the education space because I just intuitively felt like I, I needed a direction shift right now to set up my next three to four to five years um, and I make those decisions very very quickly um, just because I know like there is you don't have time to do shit you don't like to do. Right. So for me, it's like, okay, I, I have that freedom. I've created that freedom in myself, and I've created that vulnerable ecosystem where I allow myself to, to fail. And I don't view any of this as a failure because I'm, again, learning lessons from every single point, in every single chapter in, in this book. Mm. That's beautifully put. It reminds me of a quote that a buddy of mine actually shared with me yesterday. It's not about going after something and winning or losing but it's winning or learning because in the aspect that you don't get the result that you want you can look back at the process and say okay what did I learn by not getting the result I was looking for what can I take from that experience and shift right or pivot to use your language and course correct and either change my goal or change my process so that when I go after it the next time it happens more efficiently. The result ends up becoming a little bit more organic. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great distinction that you brought up, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I, you bringing up your friend reminded me of a conversation I had with another friend yesterday, and we were talking about how, how life's, um, a lot of people look at their life as a book. No, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but like, I look at myself, my life as a book, and like, there's different chapters to that book. And she asked me, is your, is your life a book or a whole library? Wow. <laughs> uh, 
That's profound. Think about think about the topics of a book. It's generally one topic. Right. You you're not talking about fifteen different things in mm. one book. Fifteen different different topics in one single book. Mm. So I looked at her, I'm like, that was the most profound thing someone has said to me in a long, long time because it's true. Yeah. Your life is a whole library instead of one book. It's your life goes by by chapters, but it that's not one book. Right. Wow, that's profound because <laughs> what that brings up for me and that I preach all the time is that an individual can recreate themselves at any time. Mm -hmm. And when you bring up that analogy of your life being a library and you know not just one specific book, it's because you can be on one genre for a certain <laughs> while and then eventually you'll be like, all right, well, I'm tired of that genre. I've Pivot. done my part. Boom, let, Switch. let me go into the uh, sci-fi section. Mm -hmm. Let me go into the documentary section. Let me go into whatever it is. And the story I tell myself is that people are so afraid to change. Mm. They're so afraid to step out of their comfort zone or to get away from the box that someone has put them in because that's how they describe themselves. That's how they identify themselves. And now if they go from one genre of book to another one, well now they don't know who they are anymore. And now they don't know how to feel about themselves. It goes right back to the external validation versus the internal validation. And I love the point that you brought up and what it brings up for me, it's like, I can decide what I want my life to look like. We're humans, we're malleable, we can recreate ourselves a thousand times and we can do it with a lot of peace when we know what our intentions are. For me, my intention is to grow and transform to be the best version of myself. And the best version of myself six, seven years ago was in the gym helping athletes become bigger, faster, stronger, get to the next level. And then the best version of myself turned into educating people on how to eat to increase their energy, to lose weight, to have more muscle, to build more confidence. And then now it's shifted to helping people get very clear on where they currently are and where they want to go and what are the limiting beliefs and the stories that are stopping them from getting there what are the bad habits that are stopping them from getting there building that awareness and then actually building a plan to get to where they really want to go and reconnecting them to their highest self and that's where that's the store i'm at now it's the part of the library i'm at now and who knows five years i might be in politics 10 years I might be the senator like who knows I just don't know but yeah. I understand that my intention right now is to make the world a loving connective creative purposeful loving place and that can take so many different forms wow I'm like speechless after that like I, I was getting like chills after like you were you were explaining all of that because it's so true and people get so so wrapped up and not changing direction because they're scared of what other people think. Mm. How do we combat that? How do we help people? How can we support people through that change? Um, because I see it so much in personal family, in personal relationships, friendships I have, business relationships I have. People get so fixed on, they're, they're just so closed on thinking this path is the only path, and if this does, this needs to work. There's no other path. Like, I need to make this work. And they just keep beating a dead horse, essentially. Yeah. Like, we see it especially in business. Like, if things aren't working, hmm. switch things up. Right. Um, how do we... Because it, it's a deeper problem. 
than just, oh, I'm, I'm fixed on this, on this one path. It's way deeper than that. It's the judgment of yourself. It's judgment of, again, looking back to external validation. We've been talking about that a lot through this, through this process. How, how have you, I guess, let that judgment escape you? Like, how can you, yeah, how can you not judge yourself? <laughs> well, I think the first step, because I don't know if we can just not yeah. judge ourselves. I think How that, do you have a healthy relationship with the judgment of yourself, maybe? I like that. What I would say is, one is just being aware of when it comes up mm. and understanding that you are not your thoughts. Like, the ego will bring up a thousand different things to make yourself feel safe. And a lot of times that safety is not really going to bring you fulfillment. So when the judgment does come up, it's just catching it and being like, okay, oh, there's me being judgmental again. There's me saying that I'm not good enough. There's me saying that I don't look good enough. There's me saying that I'm not achieving enough. And being able to realize that it's just a thought and then work your best just to disconnect that and understand it's just an experience. And then from there, it's very important to understand when do you feel your best? What type of things are you doing when you feel energetic, alive, vital? Who are you with? Are you by yourself? Are you with others? Is it a certain activity that brings the best out of you? Is it a certain type of problem solving that brings the best out of you? Is it being around certain type of people? And then once you find what the commonalities are between those things, see how you can apply that to every aspect of your life. You might see some, some different qualities in your closest friends. How do those closest qualities show up in other relationships that you have? Whether it's your boss, does your boss embody those types of qualities? No, it doesn't. You don't like the relationship with your boss? Well, one, check in, see how are you showing up that's causing that relationship? And then from there, decide, like, okay, I wanna go somewhere where my boss is gonna be all about openness and creativity and support, as opposed to having a boss who is all about righteousness and having it his or her way, or micromanaging. And then start to just really look at every aspect in that way. When do you feel your best? When are you at your best? When do you have the most energy? When are you filled with love? And then once you know what fills you up in that way, go look for that in every aspect of your life, in community, in the workplace, in your health, and go attack it, go grab it. Yeah, that, that reminds me of just like getting, like putting yourself into a flow state, in a state of flow in general. And like when you're so focused on one thing and you're so present in one task, an activity or conversation, even this podcast, um, that you lose track of all time around you. you. You can't focus on anything else besides the, the thing you are doing at this second. For some people it's cooking. For some people it is podcasts and conversations. It's snowboarding. It's making videos. It's running. It's lifting. Um, and finding something to put yourself into, into a state of flow is super, super, super important. And I was talking to my friend Mark Metry and he's he hosts one of the top top podcasts in the world, top global 100, um, called Human 2.0. And when I interviewed him, he said, I structure my day around flow. I know exactly when I'm putting myself into flow, so I'll do it in the morning and um, like around like lunchtime. And I'll have two specific points, where in the morning I'll, I'll meditate and work out. And I'm not focused on anything else besides those, say, two hours of meditation and working out. And I'm so dedicated to that. And then maybe lunchtime or like middle of the day, it's cooking for me. 
I love cooking, and I am I just get into a crazy flow state when I when I cook, when I test different foods and different ingredients. And I thought it was so cool because it was the first time I've seen someone structure their whole day around being in a flow state and intentionally putting themselves in that state of being. And I thought it was super cool and fascinating. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. And I love how he makes that a priority. Mm -hmm. It's a non-negotiable. It's something that he does. And he understands how meditation and working out consistently is going to put him in a flow state that's going to allow him to be his best self the entire day. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine how much impact he's making on the world because of that. Yeah. And like we said earlier, it's not selfish. Yeah. That's how he makes the impact for everybody that he comes into contact with by taking care of himself first. Well, and, it, and he speaks about it, and he, he creates an enormous amount of content around that, and that in itself teaches people, and that helps people grow, just because he's sharing his, his way of being, essentially. He's sharing what he's doing, and what works for him, and what doesn't work for him, and his story, and this whole ecosystem that he's building that's changing other people's lives mm. and like that's that's the cool part about kind of like tapping into more of like the social media side of things right. and um, the different communication styles right. we, we have access to now like this conversation right here what 20 years ago there's no way we could have this seen by let's say a million people online with a click of a button right that's the reality of conversations right now so I love when people say oh, oh I don't like social media I hate social media because I, I get it but again it's just the relationship you have with social media yeah. Same with money. Yeah. Same with attention. Mm -hmm. Same with developing yourself and investing in yourself. Yeah. Just people's relationships with it mm. are skewed. Mm. It's all about the intention. Yeah. It's it really it really all comes full circle about like for for social media it's one of the most like clear ones. Like what again, we talked about it before. Are you scrolling through Instagram, uh, just randomly passing time, judging yourself, looking at other people, or are you on there creating content? Uh, engaging with uh, other creators you like, getting inspired, engaging with people like building a commun an online community. Um, yeah, it really just goes down to down to intention. Man, that that's powerful. I mean, everything that you shared on this podcast so far has allowed me to look deeper within myself and to check in and see like, okay, what is my intention mm -hmm. behind anything I'm doing, mm -hmm. and how do I make sure that. I am bringing my best gifts to the world because I understand for me, I get down when I feel like I'm not contributing and doing enough. And when that happens, I can go into this hole of self-doubt, of you know, lack of self-worth. And in turn, that turns into inaction. And then that inaction goes right back into feeding me negative beliefs of like, okay, I'm not doing enough because I'm literally not doing anything. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to recheck in with myself and make sure that I am following my true north and that I am filling my cup and having conversations like this that gives other people the opportunity to try something on to see if it works for them and then decide like, okay, wow, this has helped me a lot and this added a lot of value to my life. Or it's something that they tried on. Okay, I don't really like this, but at least I know I don't like this and I can go try the next day. Well, I really appreciate that, man. Like, and this is what it's all about. Like, it's about actually connecting with people and actually like having real conversations, like digging deep into like, okay, how are you feeling at this point, and this point, and this point in your life? And, like, what can we all take from that? How are our stories uh, combined? Like, where's the synergy here? And like, that's the beautiful thing. Um, I don't know what there is some point in this podcast that it kind of just like 
a light bulb went off in my mind of like how complex human beings are. Oh my god! Like as as I was like sitting here just like looking at you, listening to this conversation, just like kind of reflecting back on like, yo, we've talked about a lot of stuff in 51 minutes. Um, human beings are incredibly complex, and I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for being. Period. Mic drop, like. Amen, bro. It's um, like think about how yeah. complex we are as a civilization, but as a human being too, as our own individual, all the organisms that make up our body. Yeah, I mean it's it's literally fascinating. Yeah, and I think when a person does contemplate on that question and they really think about that, they can better understand the gift that they are. Yeah. Because there's so many things that are going on perfectly in synchronicity that allows a human being to be a human being. Yeah. And, and it's breathe and drink water and stand up and close your eyes and open your eyes and like everything needs to work literally perfectly. And if they don't, that's when we see illness and fatality and death and everything. Yeah, it's it's fascinating how all of those play a huge impact in our overall health, physical health, mental health, yeah. emotional health, spiritual health. And something I would invite all of the listeners to do is to acknowledge themselves for the gift that they are and for all of the abilities that they do have as a friend, as a partner, as a business person, as an intellectual, as everything. Because when we do realize the individual gifts that all of us are, that allows us to tap into our superpowers and show up as our best self and work on transformation and growth and come from this place of love. So that's profound, man, what you brought up. I appreciate that, Sam. I love that. So you're fairly new to the podcast game, correct? Just jumped in. Just jumped in, which is awesome. It, may, it like lights my soul on fire um, because I love when people... Again, I love when people take action. I love when people try something new and just run with it and see what happens with it. Um, completely freaking blanked on what I was gonna ask you. <laughs> I, I was gonna ask you. Um, so now, now you have a have a platform to talk about really whatever you want. What's like a few things? Maybe it's one topic, two topics that you wish more people talked about that you kind of want to shed light on. The biggest one that comes to mind is vulnerability. Mm. Just now we had a very raw, authentic conversation where we talked about our beliefs, how we view life, our perspective, some of our downfalls that we've experienced. And I believe that's what allows us to connect deeply. When I'm vulnerable, that's when connection and love happens in the world. So I think something that I want everyone to tap into and that I'm bringing to my podcast is vulnerability and opening up in a way that allows people to see behind the stage in a sense to see what's really going on and what's gotten me to this point because in so many conversations I have with people I've met recently you know they think I'm amazing they give me so much praise and something I'm working on is self-acknowledgement and letting all those compliments in and what's allowing me to show up in such a big way is that I am able to be vulnerable. And I wanna show people that I'm not perfect, that I've struggled with so much. And all of that struggle and all of the disbelief I used to have is what brought me to the point that I'm at now. 
where I am much more powerful, I am confident, I'm courageous, I'm loving, I'm all of these things. And it all stems from vulnerability. I look at myself, you know, I'm, I'm 6'2", 230 pounds, big black man, and there's a lot of stories that people make up about that. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, good or bad, but I'll, I understand the reality of that. And my goal is just to show up in such a powerful way that a person looks at me and they're just like, Dan, Alvi is an incredible human being. And then now they'll take this into their life and when they see other people that look like me, they'll be like, wow, that person's also just probably an incredible individual and not create all these stories and narratives around physical appearance or how they think, you know, someone's like this or if they see somebody who's wealthy try to create a bunch of stories around that person being selfish or they're just privileged or they were gifted all these things. Like, no, like, that person struggled too in some type of way. And when we realize as a collective that everyone struggles, everyone's hit their version of rock bottom, everybody has their own limiting beliefs, then we can have so much more compassion for other people and ourselves. It's gonna allow us to raise the vibration of the world. It's gonna allow us to bring more love. It's gonna allow us to shift the way that we connect with each other. And for me, it all just stems from vulnerability. I have nothing else to say. Like that is, that I think wraps up this whole entire conversation perfectly because it all stems from being vulnerable. And there's different levels to that, but if we both didn't show up, and if we both weren't willing to go into um, kind of like our, our own hardships and like really have an open and connected conversation, none of this would be possible. And no change in the world would be possible. Not just this one podcast, but every single day. Like the people that are the most vulnerable and showing people and creating that ecosystem of vulnerability and showing people it's okay to tap into that, that's where the real strength comes from. And again, I think it just goes down to people are insecure about that and it's it's scary opening up and I for sure I'm the first to admit it but like once you do then you allow that conversation to keep going with other people and that's how you again like you you said it best like shift the collective collective consciousness collective narrative of what does vulnerability mean right what does growth mean right what does transformation mean right all of those things tie in mm. amen man Sam I appreciate <laughs> the time I appreciate you opening up, being vulnerable with me, and allowing us to share this space together. Because I've known you now maybe three, four months, Yeah. but I feel like I've known you for years. Yeah. Just because we were in a space through the training that we did together that accessed vulnerability, connection, love. And we, we stretched and we flew together and we had an amazing time. And based off that type of work that we did then and the work that we do now, I'm confident that we're gonna make vulnerability cool and accessible to everybody. Let's, let's make vulnerability cool. I love that. <laughs> Dude, I, I love it. Well, Alvi, it was an absolute pleasure. Like, thank you for taking taking time out of your day to hop on this as well. This cool duo duo podcast. Hell yeah. Um, I literally couldn't have said it better myself. Like, this is this is awesome. No, I appreciate you, brother. And where can people find you? So people can find me on any social medias or in person. I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I will travel to you if you have opportunities for me. Let's go. Um, but yeah, anywhere on social media, at Sam Lister with two underscores at the end. Again, my podcast is called Starting Blank. I'll link it down below wherever this is on the internet. Uh, where can people find you, Alvin? So you guys can find me in South Florida. And on the internet, you can find me on Instagram at MrYouCan2. That's the number two at the end. And online at www.youcan2fit.com.
Love it. Thank you, brother. My man. Thank Send you. Send love.